Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. A warning. This episode includes brief discussion of sexual violence and suicide. Coming up. She said she didn't even get halfway in before she could feel herself getting stuck. So she concluded that that would not be feasible or that theory was not feasible. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. October of 2015, 18-year-old Ebby Stepik seemingly disappeared from Little Rock, Arkansas after placing a strange phone call to her brother. Two and a half years later, her body would be discovered in a drainage pipe. This is the last place on earth she was alive. The case has baffled the public and police ever since. Help us find find justice. Help us. Help us find out what happened to Ebby. That's what I want people to hear me say, help us. Updates from law enforcement have been few and far between. But last month, Ebby Stepik's family said investigators told them they're considering a new theory, a theory the family says doesn't make sense. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Ashley Godwin joins us from THV 11 in Little Rock, Arkansas. Ashley, you've been reporting on some new theories that have been raised about the unsolved killing of 18-year-old Ebby Stepik. But first, introduce us to this case. Who is Ebby Stepik and what happened to her back in 2015? So Ebby Stepik, she had a fiery personality. She came from a pretty well-off family. So something like this in Little Rock was just shocking, you know, to hear um, a teenage girl just disappears. No one knew where she was. This happened in October of 2015. Um, the Little Rock Police Department was investigating. Um, her mother, Lori Jernigan, and her stepdad, Michael, were um, devastated, obviously, uh, just trying to find her, get her her story out. Um, Her mom said that Ebby started changing. She changed friends. She changed schools. She started to rebel. So um, that was something new that they were worried about. Um, She moved out of her parents' home. Um, The night that she disappeared in October, Ebby texted Michael saying that she was raped and videotaped. And um, then they didn't hear from her after that. You know, Michael was trying to get a plan to go to the police department. They didn't hear from her. Um, The next time they heard from her was the next night. Um, when she called her brother, Trevor. Um, He said she sounded disoriented, lost, um, 
just not herself. And that was the last time the family spoke to her. So um, really just when you hear that, it was just um, confusing um, for reporters and for the public to know uh, that this girl, you know, was um, in a chaotic time right before she disappeared. Um, LRPD informed us a week later that Eddie's Volkswagen Passat was found in Chalamont Park. That's in West Little Rock, close to where her family lived at the time. And they told us that that was a frequent place where she hung out. And something interesting, her items were still found inside her car. So they didn't believe it was... Um, theft or anything um, that would raise suspicion of a crime like this. It wasn't until two and a half years later that they found her body. And Reed, they found it 60 feet from where her car was. Her body was found in a drain pipe, um, like I said, 60 feet in Chalamont Park, um, where a car was found. Um, LRPD tells us that they had a gut feeling, and that's why they went back. We've heard other um, reports that there was um, a smell coming from that area at the time that they were searching for her back in October of 2015, and LRPD didn't look closely per se. Um, but all in all, May two, 2018, they found her body. They took bull- bulldozers and cameras, and um, they found her 70 feet in the drain pipe. So it wasn't like she crawled in there. Um, It was pretty deep within that um, pipe. Tell us a little bit about the investigation from that point on. Have there been any suspects over the years, at least that we've known about? Little Rock Police Department has not been forthcoming about suspects or persons of interest. Um, Even recently, we asked them to give us an update, give us a statement, and all they sent us was... Um, a written statement saying that the case was still open and leads are being investigated. So we have no idea who they were looking at, who might have been involved. We have none of that information, and neither does her family. I'll mention THV 11 has been covering this case for years. So for anyone looking to learn more about the case, all of their reporting is available at THV11.com. But Ashley, your coverage of this case has focused on some recent news, and I want to talk about that Family members of Ebby's recently went on the Dr. Phil show. What did we learn from that? We actually learned a lot, more than we had heard of in the past uh, four years since um, the discovery of her body. Um, The most shocking was family claims LRPD told them Ebby put herself down in that drain. Um, We had not heard anything like that in the past four years. Um, The family did tell us that they hired a private investigator. That was Catherine Townsend. Um, She tested that theory. She came to Little Rock, went to Chalamont Park, Park and herself removed the manhole cover, went down into that storm drain, went into the drain pipe, and it was surreal to watch her footage of her trying to belly crawl through that pipe to see if that was possible. It angles down in here, and it's so tight that if I go any farther, my arms, like, I'm not going to be able to get out of here. And in her words, she said it was not possible. The manhole cover was heavy to be able to move that herself, try to climb down the stairs, and then try to put the cover back over herself was nearly impossible from what she said. Um, then trying to climb or crawl through the pipe 
she said she didn't even get halfway in before she could feel herself getting stuck. Um, it was a very narrow opening. So she concluded that that would not be feasible or that theory was not feasible. Like I said, LRPD told us vaguely the case is still open and they are um, investigating leads. Um, another shocking thing, something that we had never, um, a person we had never spoke to before, Eric, Ebby's then boyfriend. Um, this was the first time he's spoken out um, in the Dr. Phil episode. He said he moved to Ohio. So it seemed like the family hadn't really talked to him often either. Um, he and Lori Jernigan, Ebby's mom, had kind of a, an emotional moment where they were able to speak to each other over the Zoom calls. And they just kept telling each other how they loved each other so much and they meant so much to each other through all of this. Eric, you said that when you did talk to Abby, she was scared. She just wasn't her normal self. I mean, you knew Abby, like you knew how happy yeah. of a person she was. Like, and it was just like she wasn't, it wasn't there anymore. Like that was gone. And it was like a, not even a sense of urgency, just like she knew that something was about to happen. Like she almost knew that she wasn't going to be okay. But Eric, his interview with Dr. Phil was very enlightening because he said that he saw her the night she disappeared. And we didn't know that. We had no idea that um, there was anyone else that we could confirm that saw her besides the text message to her dad, her stepdad, and the phone call to her brother. So he said that when she came over to his house, um, she was upset but not impaired. This was the night that she was raped and videotaped. Um, he said he didn't have knowledge of that. He didn't want to ask her about it. He didn't find out until later. Um, he did call her later that night when he found out that she, uh, he said he got a call from her brother and he tried to reach out to her to see if she was okay. And he didn't go into detail about what exactly was said on the phone call, but he said that was the last time he spoke to her. So just really terrible um, incident, but really enlightening to know that where LRPD is in this investigation and Eric, who we had never spoken to before, was able to uh, speak for the first time. Just to back up a bit, because it's a little bit confusing, the family saying police told them they believe Abby may have climbed into that drain pipe herself. Is the claim, according to the family, that the detectives might think Abby took her own life? Yes, that was what they claim. They say that LRPD says she, um, in their words, she put herself down the drain pipe, um, took her own life, was used. Um, when we asked LRPD about that, like I said, they gave us a statement. They did not. Um, address that in the statement. Have we heard anything else from Little Rock Police, if not a response to some of these revelations from the family? Any other updates on the case? Unfortunately, we haven't. And we are still working really hard to get that information. Um, in Arkansas, laws are very clear that if it is an open case, um, FOIA does not apply Freedom of Information Act um, because it is still being worked on. So we are limited in our access, but I personally am still making sure that we get those answers and that we find out what happened to Evie. 
And at this point, we're coming up on seven years since Abby first went missing. We just marked four years since her body was discovered. I know this is a case that has haunted Little Rock. What would it mean for that community to finally have some answers? It would mean everything. I am from Little Rock. This was such a big case when it first happened. Um, I remember, you know, all the news stations were covering it. This was before I became a journalist. Um, And then to find out two and a half years later when they found her body, there was an uproar, honestly, because when you find out her body was so close to where her car was, you wonder why wasn't she found sooner? Why didn't you check the drain pipe? Um, you, You have all of these questions. And Lori in Dr. Phil's interview said she no longer relies on LRPD to find answers because she feels they have just time and time again, um, per se, messed up finding these answers, messed up this case. So it would mean everything to find out what exactly happened to Ebby and be able to give that family closure. Ashley Godwin with THV 11 in Little Rock. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our new series, Should Be Alive, available now. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Reed Redmond.